Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast. Look at that, we are back once again. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dan, the deal is we will bring you like nine facts. You just decide whether they are worth remembering or whether they should be thrown into the big bin of nonsense knowledge. I've got stuff about rats, about a very strange way to get out of work, and what happens if you're all alone in Denmark while you get a sticky sweet surprise. Connor is here. What have you got, Con? Uh, A nice little tip about chewing some gum and how that could maybe help you. Uh, Madonna and the tricks that Madonna had up her sleeve, which I love, by the way, and the film Stuart Little. I wonder where that's going to come in Connor's infamous film ranking. Uh, that's that. Also, the traitor Mark is here. What do you got? Hello. This week, disasters at sea, virtual assassins, and a Spanish word that you're going to love. Stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let me jump in here. Traitor. Mark. So if you missed last week's episode, you'll know that one of Mark's facts was the fact that he's leaving us next week and he led us down the garden path. Uh, We're leaving us soon, rather. Are any of your facts like big momentous change that will massively impact my life? No, not this week. Not this okay. week. Because I'm aware that, that last week I kind of dropped the bombshell and you two just went, eh, don't really care, whatever. So I'm not doing that again because I did go back and cry for seven hours straight. So it's fine, you know. Uh, can I also say thank you to every single one of you that has reached out to me on Instagram to say we're sad to see you go. As in every single one? Every single none. Uh, no was... one. Not a single person has left, uh, which made me go, maybe, maybe we cut it from the episode. Listen back, absolutely still in there. Thank you very much, everyone. So... Yeah, if this is new news to you, we will get to your favourite facts in just a second. Mark is leaving us in a few weeks' time. I don't know, some, some at work. I don't know, other work. Yeah. Have you factored in Disney Holiday into your other work? Um, I mean, I really hope that it's, you know, I've, I've still got enough holiday to make it work. I made sure of that fact. And discussions are in place. Contract renewals are in place with what happens with Baffle 2.0. So we'll see what goes on there. We'll just get an AI version of me. It will be just as annoying, yet more insightful. I'm hoping for Britney Spears. I mean, rumor, Britney's free now. She can do She's what she free. wants. And there are rumours. The very first thing she said when she got free was, I'll do a fact-based podcast. Let me be one of the baffled boys who make all the noise. Connor, how have you dealt with that sobering news last week? Well, just processing it. You know, I feel let down, to be honest with you. I almost feel betrayed. I think you're right in saying that. Wow. It's tough. It's tough, but hey, Connor... At least it's the worst third of the podcast going, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. One. If anyone was if anyone needed to go, it was Mark, right? Wow. 
Right. I see what it is. We are going to bring you nine facts. Just decide whether they are worth sharing, whether they're bits of pub ammo, or if they should be thrown away forever, if they simply should not exist on that there internet. Connor, give us your first fact of the podcast. Uh, so Madonna once leaked a fake version of her album to Music Pirates, where each song was a loop of her saying, what the f*** do you think you're doing? In response, a hacker leaked the real album to her own site with the message, this is what the f*** I think I'm doing. I don't know who I like more in this situation. Mm. I think Madonna doing that, fair play. It's a lot of work for small reward. Yeah. Because not you know maybe no one's going to know about this. And... And, you know, I, I, I don't advocate for piracy, but then also brilliant for the hacker to kind of get one in the eye. I like that. When was this, Connor? So I did look into this. So they actually, um, they because Madonna, in, in a way, um, didn't want much to be sort of known about this because, um, you know, she was part of this scandal. So she's kind of wiping a lot of it away. But there was there, there was there was a lot of say that she's actually done it more than once. So apparently she's done it on a few accounts of releasing albums. It's a it's a Madonna type of thing to do. And other artists have done this too. Um I don't know the exact album of which this was the case when this happened, but um but yeah, I just think it's absolutely brilliant that the uh, the hacker was very much aware and was like Take this back. Here you go. This is what I'm doing. Never mess with a hacker. A hacker is cleverer than you. But how did they then get the album? The like, hackers. It's what they, they do. Into it. Yeah. I wish I knew how to hack. I wish I knew how to hack. I thought that you said once that you had a friend who accidentally hacked into somewhere. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that. Why don't you just get him on the phone? I had a friend at school who allegedly accidentally hacked into the FBI and got mm. got done in for it. He I also, bet you he could hack into Madonna's album. He also hacked into someone's. MSN when he was 15 and just dumped the girlfriend for him. I had I no mean, clue that, who this kid was. That sounds more believable than accidentally hacking the FBI. And he led me, he took me down, a, as I say, the garden path for a long time by uh, making me believe that it was all about like shortcuts, control Z, control Q, control T, and then you're into the mainframe. I've since learned that is not right. true. It's not true. <laughs> I've since learned. Who'd have thought? It's not Who'd have thought it was a series of three control and other key buttons that would, oh my God, I'm in the FBI. I know. I can get into the matrix like this. See how easy it is. Oh my God. Bam, 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 I'm a hacker. Control M, control A, control T, control R, I and X. You're in the matrix. Connor, if you could hack into anything, what would you hack into? Um, Mark's new job contract to sabotage it, sabotage it from the inside, make sure he can never leave. Don't don't let no one get paid for the next place. I strangely always wonder how much McDonald's when they're busy make. So maybe that, maybe those numbers. I always think how much money they actually making on busy nights. Yeah, they stuck up the price of bloody cheeseburger, didn't they? But they didn't need to do that. Hack in, get the real story, Connor. (laughs) Blow it wide open. How many McFlurry machines are actually working at one time? Hack into it, find out. Is it because they just can't be asked to make them and it's a hot day? I'd like to hack into, I won't, the, 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 like the plane system, you know. Air traffic control. Big time. Send, send people off here and there. I mean, that, that sounds unsafe. <laughs> you remember when we were talking a, a, a few weeks ago about the 2012 Olympics when they manipulated the traffic light system to yeah. make the representatives who were judging London believe that it was a much quicker city to drive in as possible. I would probably do that. That's what I was about to say. Manipulate I would, like your I, drive home, your flight hack home. Hack into the city system to make sure it works for you. Get home. Uh, well, thank you very much. And uh, Madonna is a bit weird, isn't she? Yeah, but I'll rate it. Big up to Madonna. Big up to Madonna. Yeah, I'll rate it. She's giving it a go, isn't she? She's trying to let them know that they're bad. But yeah, I mean, they got the better of her, which is the case. Don't take on a hacker. 
what's your most annoying like pop star uh, bit of PR? Uh, I guess similar to that. Mine is I really didn't like it when Lady Gaga covered it. And this is not just because I'm a vegetarian. But when she covered herself with meat that time, I thought that was weird. Yeah. She turned up on the red carpet or the champagne carpet at the Oscars with no makeup on. Got very well applauded for that. Fair play. I don't. I didn't really like the Sam Smith thing the other day as well. I thought what he was wearing was preposterous. Oh, at the Brits. Yeah, I thought it looked stupid. He did look like one of those unidentified flying objects that got shot down over the US. They did. They did. Sorry, you're right. They did. Apologies to Sam Smith. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. There's a huge leather-bound book that records all disasters at sea, Where? even to this day. Where is it held? Uh, it's held in London. It is on the floor of Lloyd's of London, which is a oh. huge insurance uh, underwriter. So it's just this big book. Huge Every book. single thing that's gone on sea. Yep. So there is one per year. Dates back about 250 years. They write in there what's happened to the boat, what date it sunk on, all the details, and it gets written with like a quill and ink into this huge leather-bound book called The Casualty Book. One ship wreck a year. That's it. No, it's so like one book per year. So all of the shipwrecks, all of the uh, sea disasters that happened in 2022 mm. will all be in the 2022 version of this leather-bound book. And what are the, where do they keep all the books? In Lloyd's of London. Um, again, it's 2023. If Madonna can send out fake albums, yeah. they I can f- do a better way. I feel like at this point, it's probably the digitised too. How do I feel about that? But it's very ceremonial that they have this. Connor, you're a man that doesn't really like to stand on ceremony. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about the pointlessness of some science before on the show. How do you feel about them putting all these disasters in the book just because it's how it's always done? You know, they're probably writing it down twice, once in the Excel spreadsheet or the Google Doc, the next time in this big book. It's more romantic than a Google Doc. Isn't there, isn't there a part of it that's almost a little bit sad because you're constantly keeping hold of those sad moments? It's a disaster. We want to try and forget about those disasters. Well, perhaps more sad because these are insurance so they'd have had to pay out. Yeah, so this is, oh, this right. is actually one of the interesting things with it, uh, or at least interesting to me. So whenever there is a, a shipwreck of some kind, then obviously insurance would then tend to pay out on that, okay? Big time. At which point insurers would then have the right to own that ship because they pay out on it. Therefore, they, strictly speaking, would own that ship. However, insurers have to do this. Apparently, once again, it's a very theatrical thing where they will denounce the ownership of this ship. So if your ship sank, mm. you'd get paid out by insurance. Insurance would then go, we don't want that ship because it's at the bottom of the ocean. We don't want to have to deal with that or deal with the pollution that might come from it mm. so you would keep the ownership rights so you would get paid for the ship being there and it would still be your ship so i'm always interested in a little bit of insurance fraud mm. if you can sink the boat and then get it back get it again back raise again. the boat right. you're looking at some quids there that's a little pretty penny isn't it we could do mm. that connor when mark leaves us for Mm. arguably better climbs but he's slipping all the way down we could do this we could we could do some sort of strange insurance fraud with ships at the bottom of the ocean how do you feel you up for that you got a few minutes on your own um i don't think it's something that sits too well with me and i'd hate to think that mark leaving would lead me to to go down that path i don't think i feel that emotional about it to be honest with you to lead to those bad things no but we've not got him holding us back just think of us we could be flying so high now my little bird friend but he's shackling us down I'm definitely not the man to do that with. I think we need a mark if we were to ever attempt something like that. You need some organisation. Too fastidious. Well, thank you very much. What did you call it? The casualty book. It's the casualty book. First fact of the show for me. 
few years ago, technicians were fixing an ATM machine in India where all the money yep. was meant to fly out. They realized cash there machine. wasn't much money in the cash machine. They opened it up and they found that a couple of rats had eaten $18,000 worth of uh, cash at the time over in India. And then they died. What, the rats or the people who were servicing the rats, machine? Rats died. The rats died, yeah. Well, wow. so, so what happens when you, when you get filthy rich, you die from all the money. Nice, nice little, if you eat too much money, you become greedy and then you die yeah, from it. Exactly. It's almost like a metaphor for life, that. They were able to retrieve $25,000 from, uh, from the ATM, but many people have expressed doubts over what actually happened to the money inside the cash machine. But you, you, I've seen pictures and it is strewn everywhere. It is ripped up. Mm. But allegedly, it was the rats what did it. Would you, you know, $18,000 is a lot die? of money. Because like, people aren't really going to check whether the chewed up money is real money. Get some fake money. Elaborate. Chew it up. Switch it out. Go, oh, look, the rat's got it. Look, Nigel, look, the rat's got the money. And you're like, oh, no, what happened here? Really? You've stashed it in. Why did the... Uh, did you get an Oscar yesterday? I, I, I almost got an Oscar yesterday. Did you get one, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Brendan Fraser beat me because he was just too good. Why did the rats die due to obviously eating cash? Yeah, I think eating nothing else, just eating a lot of paper with ink on it. It's interesting because I was always told okay. if you eat your greens, healthy for you. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Notice I didn't say thank anything. You when much. you said that Brendan Fraser beat you to the Oscar, yeah. for his portrayal in The Whale, yes. notice I didn't make a little. Oh, I know, I'm proud of you. Um. Well, there you go. A very fraud-heavy show today. Maybe that's something we could do, Connor, as well. After we fix all of the boats in the sea, we could get a lot of fake money and replace it with the money that's in ATMs all across the country and then put a couple of dead rats next to it and make it look like they have died from just feasting upon it. How do you feel about that? You got time for that? Yeah, we'll feast upon it ourselves, yeah. Mm, I think I'm down for that. Thing is, though, it's not actually... You don't actually lose that money. You just go and reprint it. No, they can't just go and reprint it. Of course they can. No, but they can't. It's damaged money. You just go reprint it. Can they? It's not putting more money back into the system. It's just damaged money. But it still devalues the money because that was money which has been damaged. No, because that money hasn't gone anywhere. It's like if you had a fiver and it got ripped, go to the bank, change it out for another fiver, right? The economy can do the same. As long as you take that money out of circulation, don't put it back in, just reprint the money. I don't know. I feel like there's something dodgy. I I feel like something would happen. But that money's going to go to me because I'm going to pretend that it's ripped. Quantitative easing, my friend. Yes. That's a word that I know what it means, but in not what context to use it. Uh, you're close. It's kind of right. It's putting... It's, it yes, is, it I is know. printing more money's going to the economy. Connor, so. is there any word that you use that you know, you, you, know, you know how it sounds, you don't know how it uses it, you don't know the context and you just kind of use it every now and then? What, a certain word? Yeah, yeah. is there any word that you know... You don't really know what it means, so you just throw it in there in the hope that it might make sense because it makes you sound cool. Is it research? Well, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I'd probably just say everything wrong. Yeah, there is that. There's something yeah, to work so like on. A lot of sayings, I just, I just say the sayings wrong, but to me, they still make sense. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. So while watching the 1999 movie, Stuart Little, an art historian noticed the prop in the background was actually a lost painting by Hungarian artist Robert Birini. The film set designer found the piece at a California antique store for $500. It sold at auction for $229,500. It was a lost piece of art. Who got that money? That's pretty good. The rats. Well, so I... I... Looked yeah. into this. Um, so I think that the actual artist got the money 
um, who, you know, who, who made the piece, but it was a famous piece of artwork, hence the value. It was famously lost, um, but obviously famously lost by people that would have known that it was missing. Me and you, we would never have known that was a missing piece of artwork. Wow. But yeah, somebody spotted it. So therefore the value was there because it, a bit like Only Fools and Horses, you know, where the, uh, where the little clock had been missing for so long. It made him a millionaire. Right. Nice Let- little niche reference for you there. <laughs> Let's get to what we really are keen for with this fact, Connor. Long-time mm. fans have baffled. We'll be on tenterhooks to discover where Stuart Little ends up in Connor's top 10 films. Notoriously, Cheaper by the Dozen 1 is first. Cheaper by the Dozen 2 is second. What else have we had, Mark? Uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids is up there. What else is there, Con? Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare. Big Mama's House 2, not 1, scandalously. <laughs> where, where is Stuart Little in the top 10? I've never seen it. Oh, you, what? You'd love it. It's, it screams a Connor Knight movie. Yeah, big time. Especially if you love your art. There's some great pieces in there. Just by the name, we'll put it at eighth. <laughs> <laughs> what loses out to it that you've actually seen? The pacifier is Vin Diesel. Uh, oh, uh, Mall Cop. Mall Cop. Paul Blart, Mall Cop. put that at tenth. Uh, yeah. Um, I really like that. That's nice. So... I don't suppose you've seen a picture of the painting. Yeah, so I did see a picture of the painting actually as well. But the, uh, the uh, it's, it's just interesting because the artist had lost the painting. So I think it was less of whether the painting was actually robbed or stolen, but more it was just lost. And, you know, there it is, just appearing in Stuart Little for $229,500 euros. I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks a bit rubbish. And I tell you what, I wouldn't pay that much for it. It looks rubbish. Looks like it's a bloody lot. Looks like a lot of bloody Snow White's fallen off a chair. Yeah, it looks rubbish. What about The Borrowers, Connor? Where does that end up in your list? Never seen it. Oh, I tell you what, your film... For someone who goes on about 90s films so much, he is missing some of the classics. They're not 90s. I think they're kind of 2001 onwards. Well, Stuart Little was 1999, I believe. But he's not seen it. Spy Kids. Probably the same era. Anyway, I've seen seen this picture and it doesn't look very good. How much money did you say they got for it, Con? Uh, Well, so the the set designer found the piece at a California antique store for $500 and then sold it for 229,500 euros. What's interesting is that the set designer walked past that and thought, you know where that would go? Brilliantly in my new film, Stuart Little, I'm going to pay £500 for it. Dollars. And also, I wonder who then discovered it. So, sorry, you might have said this. An art historian. It was an art historian that noticed it in Stuart Little. So they were just watching it? An art historian was just... Yeah, just watching it and was like, I recognise that piece. I mean, you've got to have pretty good art knowledge, haven't you, to just recognise it off the cuff as missing. I enjoy that an art historian is just sat there going, I'll just put the TV on today. What should I watch? Stuart Little, okay. Over Christmas, I was at one time with my girlfriend's grandfather. A slightly stern man at times. Mm. Uh, He was watching the film Peter Rabbit 2, and I've never seen anyone laugh so much at anything. I also watched that. It was on TV over Christmas. I watched that and just went, how is this a thing? He sat there and absolutely pissed himself, as I imagine the art historian did with Stuart Little. Pissed uh, himself with laughter or just... No, 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 no. You've got fine. to check when they're that. No, it's fine. I... <sighs> what do you reckon they do, Com? So, you know, who, who is the art historian telling? This is in an era probably before Twitter. So it's not like, mm. you know, you can just tweet, oh, by the way, I'm an art historian and I've seen this. What do you reckon you do? Who do you send a letter to? How do you get people to pay attention to your view here? Probably just send a letter to the to the film production company, wouldn't you? I think I think the letter probably speaks enough. I think that's a missing piece of art. I think it's worth a lot of money. I'd I'd open that email, wouldn't you? Yeah, but how do they know? Like, how do you know it's not a fraud? Well, proof. We need proof, please, sir. Yeah, I'm with you. I like it. It's good. Lots of money. 
Mark, what's your second fact of the show? In 2013, a dad in China hired gamers to kill his son in video games in the hope his son would start looking for a job and get a life. Oh, so he like paid hitmen to follow him around all the games he was playing? Yeah. So it's yeah. like getting actual assassins for your son, but only in the virtual world. I love it. That's, that, that's a, an outside-the-box solution, isn't it? Yeah, so he was worried that his son, who was 23 years old at the time, uh, who, he was unemployed, he wasn't really searching for jobs, he was spending too much time, in his mind, gaming online. So he went and found some really highly skilled gamers, paid them to play the same games as this kid, and just went and tried to kill him all the time to make to try and demoralize him to try and take his love for gaming away so he might go and get a job. Connor, you're more of a gamer than I am. Surely it's quite hard to track people down in the gaming world, the same people over and over again. You'd have to be friends with them. Yeah, right? they probably he probably hired like you know professional video game hackers like we spoke about earlier that can get into the lobbies that he's in. You know, I the likelihood of them just appearing in the same game as him a, a low a very low actually does actually yeah, say so. here that they started a month later because they were too busy trolling madonna apparently okay. so um <laughs> I, I i've got a few questions do you know how much that he paid them uh no that isn't out there in terms of how much he he paid them he just went and paid them a fee do you know how successful they were uh, it turns out not very successful apparently um the boy basically started realizing that the same people were fighting him and killing him all the time and he was like yo what are you doing uh, they were like, well, we've been told we have to come and kill you. Uh, and then he kind of had a standard. He said to his dad, I can play or I can not play. It doesn't bother me. I'm not looking for any job. I want to take some time to find one that suits me. That, that sounds fair like, enough. That yeah. sounds like a fat lazy boy action, doesn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, apparently the dad and the son are on good terms now. They have reconciled, uh, just in case you're worried. I, 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 think, I, I think this is not worth a fight. No, I, mean, I, I enjoy the ingenuity of it, of him big going, time. how am I going to get him sorted? Could I go and steal his games console? Maybe. Could I break it up with a hammer? Maybe. Could I say I'm going to kick you out of the house and get, let you get a job? Maybe. Or could I go and pay some random people lots of money to kill you in all your favourite video games? I sometimes worry that my girlfriend's going to hire people to come to my island on Animal Crossing and hack all the trees down so I can't mine anymore. That would ruin my day. Surely she's happy that you're occupied and quiet, though. No, I get quite vocal playing Animal Crossing. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Those people. Connor, what game? What What about you and FIFA? Do you reckon you're being usurped there? Do you reckon anyone's trying to spot you to t- send you a message? No, but I can understand that you get caught in a cycle of just playing loads and loads of games. So there's probably a moment where it probably would have done me a favour if somebody kept beating me. Because I do turn it off when I get beaten. So, do you, do you, Is it a, a normal turn off or is it a rage turn off? Bit of both. Yeah. How many controllers have you broken? Uh, I've never broken a controller. I haven't got anger problems. In the first job interview I ever went to, I mentioned that I once broke a PlayStation controller and I didn't even do it. I lied for some reason and that was the lie. Of all the you lies thought that you that, can make, yeah. anyway, you know what's going to get me yeah. this job. Oh, I'm going to talk about my rage. You know, sometimes, maybe I have this more than you. Uh, you might judge that for yourself, but sometimes you just open your mouth and things come out and you have no concept of where it is. Connor, you appreciate that, right? Absolutely. You just kind of, you're there and suddenly I'm saying this and you're, I'm trying to lift myself out of this well that I've fallen into. What strange habits have you fallen into, Mark, that maybe you needed uh, parental intervention? I don't, I, don't think, I don't think any. Not that I can think of anyway. Just live a pretty normal life, you know? I work a bit, I go home, I, try, I, you know, I create incredible colour-coded Google Sheets that have a lot of formatting on them and then go to bed at night. I think it's just a pretty normal life for me. Yeah. 
Well, that is normal, right? You're taking that administration elsewhere and we're very disappointed about it. Second fact of the show for me, a repairman once wanted to get out of work early, so early, he was so desperate to get out of work, he caused £700 million worth of damage to a submarine. I mean, it's not, it's not an unsubstantial amount. A repairman was doing work on the USS Miami. It was a submarine. This was back on the 23rd of July, 2012. It absolutely went up in flames. On the initial uh, investigations into it, the US Navy thought that the fire started when a vacuum cleaner uh, accidentally went up in flames. But then they discovered that the civilian painter, civilian painter, so it wasn't even in the Navy, painter and sandblaster, KCJ Fury, had caused the arson. He confessed to starting the fire. He said that he lit rags on a berthing compartment's top bunk so he could get out of work early. I mean, that's what happens when you mess with fury. Caused, and well, this is a big decision. This is, look, I think sometimes, you know, to talk about crime for a second, this is a crime obviously against America. It's maybe impacted their defence of themselves. But yeah. I don't think anyone caught any harm, right? Yeah. It's a bad thing to do, but he didn't do it maliciously. He just wanted to get out of work early. He, he was sentenced to more than 17 years in prison. It's too much, too much. And he was ordered to pay £400 million in restitution. I don't understand that that's happening. Uh, that, that, that is, if he is a civilian working on a submarine like that, yeah. he ain't got £400 million knocking about. And he's gone to prison for 17 years. How's he making that money? I, t- I know that it's prisons are money. easy. I know that prisons are easy. They're all playing PlayStations and stuff like that's that. That's what Connor they, says. They've got big screen TVs and stuff like that. That's what I'm hearing. They have it easier than the rest of us, Connor. But you ain't making $400 million. No. I just like that. I, well, I don't, I don't like it. I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that this man is, is so annoyed with work. He thinks, you know what I'm going to do? I mean, it's left thinking. It's wayward thinking. Hmm. It's really outside the box thinking. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light this on fire, start a small fire, and then imagine the panic that rips through him when he realises that it's not a small fire that's just, just kept to this bunk. It's He's actually... Burning down an entire submarine. And how much was it? What did it cost? Well, so there was $700 million worth of damage. He had to pay $400 million in restitution. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm trying to think if I've ever... There you go. That's Connor's official thought now. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm trying to think if I've ever... What, what I've ever done. I'm, I'm quite a good worker. I don't think I've done anything to get out of work. When I used to clean schools when I was young, I would just sit on the toilet all day all afternoon on my phone. That's probably thieving in some instances. Connor, you've had many, many, many more jobs than the rest of us. We mentioned a few weeks ago, Mark, Mark has had two jobs. Two. Yeah, two. How shocking is that? One of them was being a referee. I know. Um, mm. Connor, did you ever have some interesting methods for getting out of work of a day when you didn't fancy it? Uh, no, I've, no, I've just, I've, I've, I've done that sitting on the toilet before. But yeah, interesting methods to get out of work. Not really. I always, I'm pretty true. Like if I'm not at work, you'll know why. Um, you know, I don't need to make up excuses to not be at work. And if I'm not really feeling it, then I'll just not go in. You know, I'll say today's not the day for me. Today, today is not the day, General. Today is not the day. Yeah. Uh, IBS again? Yes, it's the IBS. Corner has IBS. Corner has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. I mean, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's exactly. Why, that's I don't think he's got IBS. I think it's just a long. He's playing the long game. What? How's? What? How does this resolve itself? As in, he's just like, if I say I've got IBS and talk about it so much, anytime I say I've got IBS, I'll just go, yeah, okay, fine. Won't, but, won't, won't question it. But with the g- g- joys of 
podcasting in 2023, he can record from anywhere. And he has recorded from the toilet before. He could be sat on the Louvre, popping one out. Do you, miss the day, do you miss the days of the poo palace, Connor? Oh, no, I'm over the poo palace now. I've moved on. I've grown up in my life. For those who don't remember, this is about a year. How long have you been in your flat now? About a year? Yeah, yeah. A year. Con- Connor's old house used to have his bedroom had an ensuite without a door. Basically, just a toilet in the corner of the room. It's the poo palace. The poo palace. For the man with IBS, it's not ideal. No. Connor, if it, your toilet and your... You know, I don't want to bog down our last few shows with Mark, but why would we change a winning formula now just, yep. just talking about toilets? Connor, have you got a name for your current toilet? No, but um, I'm going to think of one for when Mark leaves so that you'll never know it unless he listens back. You should call your toilet Dan because it's also full of s***. Yeah, very good. Thank there we you. go. What a way to end. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, here's the thing that I'd love you to do if you're listening and you've made it this far in amongst all the talk and the chat about toilets. How are you having that one? Clever. Uh, Mark is leaving in a few weeks' time. I'd just love a eulogy from you to Mark. <laughs> you know, it's like he's dying. It's like he's been ripped off this mortal coil of the podcast. So as if, you know, I was preparing a eulogy, a funeral that presumably no one would go to. No offence, Mark. Yeah, it's true. I would just, I'd just like a few words from you about what Mark has brought to your life. That may, Maybe fact included. Maybe you've had some top administration tips from him. Anything like that. Some lovely words that you'd love to share for the eulogy of Mark Heads. Please do send them to us. Um, what was our email address again? Info at baffledpod.com. You're going to be lost without me. Please do send it to us. Info at baffledpod.com. I'd just, I just love to see what you think. And for once, I'll encourage any Instagram DMs. So please do get in touch there as well. Or at baffledpod. So we could, you know, get in touch and we, we, can, we can read out a nice, you know, the, one of the mans who is in charge of creating the Nigel Awards, for which we're all very thankful for. Info at baffledpod.com. You've got a few weeks to get in touch. I'd love, love to see what you say. Connor, give us your last fact of the show. Last fact of the show. Okay, so chewing gum while studying, they say that if you then chew the same flavoured gum while taking a test, it can help remember what you studied. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. It's like, um, you know, when you're looking for something, when when you've forgotten something. Yeah. Oh, what did I come in here for? Best thing to do is go to the place that you last remember having that thought. Mm. 
So yeah. you're thinking, oh, why did I come into this room? Oh, what did I say? What did I say I was going to tell my mum? Yeah. You go, okay, wh- what do I remember? And then you kind of retrace your steps and then something, there will be a cue that will kick it off for you. But f- taste and smells, I think they're right next to your memory part of your brain, which is why they're so easily linked. So why smells and tastes are linked so much. What's a bit black, uh, strange about this one, Connor, is that you, you don't get many interesting flavours of gum. So no. I've had a lot of thoughts when I've tried something minty and fresh. So the fact that it can bring up something I've studied is quite interesting amongst all the other stuff that I might have learned. Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, it's clever. It's always, I relate that as well to like the smell that reminds me of maybe like my nan. There's this certain perfume that I smell once in a blue moon and it takes me back to my great nan. That's actually a good name for perfume, oh, isn't it? Once in a blue moon. Uh, once I- in a blue moon. I would buy that. You would? Yeah. Uh, to use on yourself? Oh. Nah, to give them to my... Yeah, what be scent, good for you. What scent do you wear, Mark? Uh, Hugo Boss. Man. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Connor, what, you're a scent man. What have you got? Uh, I wear a little bit of um, Hermes. A little bit of Hermes. Isn't that a delivery company? Yeah, yeah or a little bit of uh, Tom Ford. Okay. Oh, I wear posh. Abercrombie & Fitch, Lacoste Red or DHL. Look at you spicing it up with three different ones. Ooh. Ooh, just depending what 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 mood you're in. Connor, have you you know in your years of doing things, have you ever used any memory tricks to help you? When I, you know, my famous acting career, when I wanted to learn lines, <laughs> I would constantly rewrite the first letter of each word. Okay, yeah. So instead of writing the entire line, I would just over and over again just write down the first letter of each word in this constant stream and keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and that would really help me. Connor, you know, have you got any sweet memory tricks? No, I'm not very good with memory. I just sort of have it stored, but it's always, I as I said, it's those moments. I know, I've done a podcast yeah, it's just always, three years. I'm not very good with memory. I'm I just have there. it stored. Surely that is memory. I have it stored. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm pretty good with good memory. I've got good memory. I don't even need to use little trips or tricks. I always remember it. I was good at lines when I was in A-level. So, yeah. Doing what? A-level drama? Yeah, I was very good at lines. He's more qualified than you are. I have, I've got A-level Played drama. Played Kniki in Greece. Have you? Yeah, of course you did, you did Kniki in Greece. What, what did you get for mm. A-level drama? I think I only got a B. Connor, what did you get for A-level drama? A. Uh, He's more qualified than you. Disappointed. It's the writing that let me down. Uh, the writing. Connor probably did a B-tech. <laughs> Connor probably did a B-tech. <laughs> um, no offence to any listeners out there who have done B-techs. Mark, have you got any, like, you know, memory tricks that help you? Uh, no, I wish. My memory is awful. I, I have weird things that I definitely remember. Like any lyrics to anything from the 90s or the noughties. Um, useful things I need to remember. Useless. Mm. Absolutely useless. Mm. Maybe mm. I need to start getting different gums. Get like eight different gums. What's Timon's friend in the Lion King called? Pumba. Well done. You've still got it all together. Still got that one. You've not lost it yet. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Cunidismo is a Spanish word which means to speak with total confidence about a subject you know nothing about. What's that called? Cunidismo. I think I do that a lot. It literally translates to brother-in-lawism. Okay. I I think I suffer from that. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy this. I think slightly. I think, no, what? Right, here's my issue. It also probably sounds a lot more Spanish when I'm not saying it. Cunidismo. I think what what Cunidismo. I'm perfectly fine to admit when I'm wrong. Right, so, you know, I'm fine with that. Have you never been wrong? Because I've never seen that. Well, no. What I do, I think, is it depends who I'm with. 
if I say something, maybe I'm putting it out there and someone, you know, it's with someone who wants to argue back with me, yeah. then I'm in. I'm, I'm digging myself down. I'm digging myself into this trench. And I know that I know nothing about it. Yeah, I'm just mm. making up shit. If you say it with enough confidence. And I have the confidence. I don't know. Cuna That's you. To speak with total confidence about a subject you know nothing about. I, I really enjoy in foreign languages when there are those words for things mm. that in British and English we have a lot to just, dis- you know, there's the, you have to use a lot of words, a paragraph to describe. I would really, really like it, a word for the disappointment it, that comes when you go to the toilet, but no poo is there. Oh, I know what you mean. Or, and I'm sorry to get uh, scatological again, or a word for that overwhelming joy of when you actually do poo, and it's a brilliant poo. Connor, you must have that. You know, you know when you you get a bit high when it's like there's such joy yeah. for it. What there should be a it word. Feels for incredible. That, right? Yeah. Mm. Are you sure you get, wow. go in? You don't want to stay. You know what? This this is the stuff I will miss the most. This is where the content's led seeing us to. you sit there trying to combine a poo with an orgasm for words purposes. You sure you you want to go? Right, it's tempting to stay. Mm. I don't know. Have you got any feelings that you would like to describe in some strange Scandinavian word? When's that got to be Scandinavian? Because I mean that's Spanish. A lot but normally that's Scandinavian. Like, Hugo. Uh, German has a lot of weird words like that as well. I think we've had one before where there's like a word for Tinder years old, which basically means you're the generation that uses dating apps. Last fact of the show. If you're unmarried, when you turn 25 in Denmark, you get covered in cinnamon. Covered in cinnamon? Yeah. You want, you for even, the fun of it. You got questions? I have many questions. Why cinnamon? I don't really know. I can't find out why. It's just the thing. While celebrating their 25th birthday, the Danish, if you're unmarried, are showered by their friends with cinnamon. It might seem like a punishment for not being able to settle down, but it's just an opportunity to prank people and mess around. I don't know why it's cinnamon. It does seem a bizarre one. Sometimes egg as well to make sure it sticks to you. Oh, of course. You wouldn't want to cover someone in cinnamon and it just falls off. You ever tried the cinnamon challenge? Uh, no, because I am sensible. I tried it. It is awful. Well, yes, of course it is. Connor, have you done the cinnamon challenge? Yes, yeah, dreadful, in it? It is all... like absolute shit. Because you don't understand how bad it is until you actually can't breathe. Yeah. It is bad. Mm. Should have watered it down first. Well, listen, thank you very much for listening to the show. What have we learned this week? Well, if someone keeps killing you online, maybe it's your parents trying to tell you something. Also, a man tried to get out of work by causing $700 million worth of damage. And, and I've just realised, why was an art historian paying that much attention to Stuart Little? I mean... I've just thought about how bizarre that is. It is a little bit weird. It's not just on in the background. I mean, he's there gazing at it. Little Timmy's there going, Stop pausing it, Dad! I want to watch the film! Thank you very much. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye! And I will see you next week for one of the last times with Mark. Until then, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.